0: Right. moms of the Bible, it's time to kind of figure out where we came from. You kind of know that. I, I know you know that. But there's a number of stories in the Bible. You may not realize some of the, the, the backstory to some of the moms and the stuff they've gone through. Well, one thing I have learned is mothers of the Bible, none of them had it easy. Each has a story just like all of you have a story, and it's not easy. Uh, different stages of life, different stresses. I hear some moms of young kids go, I can hardly wait till they grow up. And those who have grown up go, oh, I wish they could be small again. You know. And then others say, I wish they would move out. And then another stage is, oh, I wish I could have that chance over again. Like it, it, The cycle is just never ending. So whatever stage you're in, that's the one you're in. And there's nothing you can do about it. Uh, maybe get some encouragement from those around you if it's tough. Um, today's also a tough day. Some people have tough memories. Some have lost their moms. Some don't have a mom. Some have bad relationships. All kinds of emotions can be flowing today. But the point of today is to take a look at some neat stories and some backstories so you can catch the underlying stresses in different moms' lives. We're going to begin with the story of Eve. She's the first mother. She's the mother of mothers. (laughs) Literally. So um, she is the mother of Cain, Abel, and Seth, if you know those names. Um, one of the key things we got to remember about Eve, she didn't have a mother to ask any advice from. She had to do it alone. You know, here, uh, in some places, you, you know, you, if your family's close enough, you can get all the help. You know, some families live close to each other, so you have built-in babysitters in your community. You know, if you move too far away from home, then you don't have that necessarily. But Eve never had anybody. She also is the mother, she was a mother that had a heartache too, one of the first heartaches. She was uh, uh, the one who had her sons involved in the first homicide in Scripture. Uh, The two brothers uh, duked it out, and the one killed the other. Like, what a great story to start the Bible with. You know, a a murder. What I find interesting is, if you were to read the Old Testament through like a a novel, like rip through it, without trying to, what does this word mean? What's that mean, the Hebrew, and all that stuff? Forget all that. Read it like a novel, for the purpose of catching the story, you're going to be shocked at how much is in the Bible and how much is told. A lot of gore, blood, guts, sex, violence. It's all there. It's got all the intrigue, betrayal, you name it. Wars, fighting, cute little babies. You know All of it, it's all there. But you'll be surprised at what's going on in people's lives that the people you're sitting beside right now Everybody has a story of pain that they've gone through or are going through. Eve was the first mom who had to bury a child after her kid was gone. gone. Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. And at last, the man explained, This is bone from my bone, flesh from my flesh. She will be called woman because she was taken from man. Actually, I think what really happened he, when, when Adam saw her, he went, Whoa, man! That's, kinda, that's how it really happened. Just so you, you know the truth, all right? That's in the original Hebrew. <clears throat> she was an equal to Adam. And some people like to think that there's a dominance that is intrinsically correct for a man to be dominant over a woman. It is baloney. If that was going to be it, he would have made her, took a piece of his heel and, and taking it, but he took it from her side. He wanted a, a helpmate, a, an equal. And that is the beauty of the story of Adam and Eve. Next, we have the story of Sarah. She is the mother of Isaac. Um, she was also going to be the mother of many nations. Uh, and again, it wasn't happening fast enough. She was being promised, You're going to be the mother of many nations. She, well, she was barren, she had no kids, and it wasn't happening. In fact, She was now past the age of bearing children. And finally, she she suggested that she gave her handmaiden Hagar to be a maternal stunt double. And that's exactly what happened. So here, Abram Abram was his name, okay? His name was Abram at this stage. Go ahead, sleep with her. Maybe that's how God's going to get your lineage going and become the father of many nations. But that still didn't answer her question of being a mother of many nations. Well, this resulted in a child, but not the child. The child was to be Isaac. He would be the father of Esau and Jacob. Jacob would be the father of 12 sons who would become the heads of 12 tribes of Israel, and from the tribe of Judah would become David and finally Jesus of Nazareth, God's promised Savior. That was the very quick lineage. (laughs) Okay? They're all connected, all of this is connected. Although she struggled with her faith, God saw fit to include Sarah as the first woman named in Hebrews 11 Faith Hall of Fame. And yet, if you read the story of Sarah, she was a crab. Yeah, it's true. She was jealous and nasty to Hagar a couple times, like brutal stuff. And yet, she was a woman of faith. So guess what? Your behavior does not necessarily determine how God sees you. It may be how you see yourself. Do we ever fail? Do we make mistakes? Do we misjudge one another? Do we get judgmental? Do we regret? Yes, there's lots of that. But God sees you as his beloved. And you are loved. Even when you screw up. Even when he tried to help God out, which is what Sarah did. She tried to help God out. Well, it's not happening fast enough. How many of us are like that? God, you're not moving fast enough. I prayed for this two days ago. Why isn't this answered? Okay, very, very interesting. Uh, Genesis uh, 21 says, Now the Lord was gracious to Sarah, as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. And by faith, here it is from uh, Hebrews, by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered, he, she considered him faithful who had made the promise. She still had trust in God, even though it wasn't happening fast enough. There was an intrinsic faith, a belief. Yes, he did promise. There was this spark of hope. and Sometimes we may not recognize what that spark is. But I think that spark is the hope of God in our lives. So, if we're talking about Sarah, let's talk about Hagar. Her biggest challenge, and by the way, she was the mother of Ishmael, the um, stunt double. (laughs) Okay, This This is the child born out of the category that God had planned. This is the trying to help God out child. Well... Her biggest problems came as a result of somebody else's choices. It was Sarah who offered her handmaiden. In those days, it was common practice, but you don't argue with your boss. You do what they say. And she had to go and bear a child. Sarah chose to bear Abram's child, and Hagar had little to say. Sorry, Sarah chose her to bear Abraham's child, and she had very little to say about it. As she was pregnant, she took off. She ran away because suddenly Sarah, remember that, the crab? (laughs) She had a crab moment and and really started being nasty to to Sarah, making her feel like garbage and and just pounding her with with insults and all this stuff. You can read about it. And so um, Hagar ran away. Twice she left once because she ran, the second time because she got kicked out. She went through a lot. Both times help came. The first time she, she ran away, God helped her, and encouraged her to go back. The second time, God promised her, I've got you, you're okay. What can we learn from this? By the way, um, the mother of Abraham's first child, Ishmael, became the founder of the Arab nations. This is the beginning. In fact, if you read, I think it's in Genesis 21. I think it's there anyway. You'll you'll catch the story and the love God had for Hagar and Ishmael. Ishmael was loved too. And God said, I will also use Ishmael to make many nations. Even out of a mistake, grace shines through. You are not a mistake even if the circumstances of your birth seem like a mistake, you are not a mistake. You are planned. Planned to be loved. Planned to be valued and accepted. That is good news. The angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress and submit to her authority. This is when she ran away. Then he added, I will give you more descendants than you can count. And the angel also said, you are now pregnant and will give birth to a son. You are to name him Ishmael, which means God hears. For the Lord has heard your cry of distress. She was weeping out in the desert, crying out for help, but God heard her. Said, you name your son Ishmael. Now, something very interesting happened later. She went back, gave birth, and then it says, Abram called The boy, Ishmael. Usually the man does the naming, not the woman. So obviously there was conversation. And Abram listened to Hagar and named the child the name that was given to her by God. Otherwise, he'd be Abram number two or something like that. You know, like you kind of keep the name in your family and all that. Very powerful time. She she had more influence than, than you know. Then we have Rebekah. Rebekah is the mother of Jacob and Esau. Abraham sent his servant to his homeland to find a wife for Isaac. So Isaac uh, was a young man, and uh, Abra- Abraham at this point, his name's now changed to Abraham, uh, did not want to use uh, a wife from the, from the new nation he was living in. He wanted somebody from the homeland. So he sent a servant to go find a wife. So the servant says, God, how am I supposed to do this? Are you kidding? So I got an idea, God. I'm paraphrasing. Um, okay, we're at this well, and if, if somebody will come along, whoever says yes to giving me water when I thirst and offers to feed my camels, that's the one, yeah. That way we can get this done and over with because we're on a time schedule here. And sure enough, Rebecca comes along and he asks, may I have a drink? And she said, yes. And may I feed your camels too. Ding! Hey, I just prayed for that. Holy smokes, that was fast. Okay. And so he gives her, puts a nose ring on her. Like, can you imagine this tall stranger putting rings and, and all this stuff on you? And, and then she had to go and, and talk to her family. He said, guess what? I'm getting married off. So <laughs> this is the culture. It's a crazy story. Rebecca, the mother of Jacob and Esau. Like her mother in law, Sarah, Rebecca was also barren. I am quite surprised at the pattern of barren women in the models of faith that we're going to be talking about today. Barren can't have kids. Rebecca was barren, and Isaac prayed for her, and Rebecca conceived twins. Then the Lord spoke to Rebecca Two nations are in your womb, and two peoples from within you will be separated. One people will be stronger than the other, and the older will serve the younger. The old, usually the, the oldest is in charge. Well, growing up, Jacob ended up tricking Esau into selling his birthright for a bowl of stew. Away to a man's heart is his stomach. You know, like, it worked. Here's some great stew. And he, he said, if you give me your birthright, yeah, yeah, sure, whatever. Give me some food, I'm hungry. Well, he held him to it later because later Rebecca participated in the blindside and deception of what he's going to do in putting Esau out of this. She ended up helping her son take the blessing. Here's where it says, Lord God of my master Abraham, if you will please, whoops, nope, wrong one. I don't have it up there. Okay, so either way. Dad is too old. He's about to give the blessing. He can't see. And so what mom did, she made her younger son put on um, uh, uh, skins with fur to make it feel like, obviously the guy must have been really hairy, (laughs) you know. And so uh, uh, dad felt, he said, you don't sound like my son. Yes, it is me. Let me feel. Yes, you sound like it. Then he gives him the birthright. He stole the birthright. Deception. By the way, this Story repeats itself. The deception repeats itself throughout the history here. There's a lot of great story here. Oop, shoot, time's going fast. Okay, next. Uh Bathsheba. Here's a juicy story. This is the mother of Solomon. The relationship between Bathsheba and King David did not begin well. In fact, David saw her. He was king. He saw her over the tower side. By the way, he should have been out at battle, not back at the castle but because he's not out fighting he's at the castle sees a beautiful woman says i don't want to sleep with her well she can't argue he sleeps with her and then she finds out she's pregnant so then he called david calls the husband back from the battlefront and said here go sleep with the wife he you'll never know didn't work the husband was so dedicated to david and to god he slept on the floor in front of the door and couldn't consummate it david sent him to the front line to be killed. Essentially, he murdered her husband. This is King David. The man after God's own heart. Everybody's got a juicy story in here. Like it's, put people in the right circumstances, they can do the wrong stuff quickly. It's not impossible. Those who've gone through a lot of mistakes, they tend to have more mercy for those who've gone through mistakes. Those who've gone through pain and suffering tend to have more grace and mercy and compassion for those who are hurting. Big things to learn there. God loved Solomon, her son, so much that the prophet Nathan called him Jedidiah, which means beloved of Jehovah. There's something special about Solomon. Solomon. Now, Bathsheba was very, very faithful to her husband, David. She was especially loyal to her son, Solomon, making sure he'd followed followed David as king, even though Solomon was not David's firstborn. There is some trickery going on here, some some, um, vying for position. David's oldest son decided to self-claim himself as king of Israel. He went out, he got 50 guys, did a chariot run, trumpeting, here's I'm king now, I'm king, and kind of taking it over because David was really ill and old and frail. Well, mom knew that David wanted Solomon to be king. So she set it all up, called in the prophet Nathan, spoke to David, and set it up wisely and cleverly and made sure Solomon became king. Go and read it. It's a great story. Lots going on in that one. She used her position to ensure both her and Solomon's safety when Ageni tried to steal the throne, which is he said, I'm I'm doing it. And this it, it does say something interesting. It says that David never ever disciplined Ageni. Never. Not even to say, What are you thinking? What are you talking about? Didn't even do that. Zero discipline. That's right. Yeah. Discipline is a major part of growing up. Not punishment. Discipline. Discipline has to do with shaping. I remember uh, in the Psalm 23, um, uh, he leads with a staff and rod. Do you, remember, do you remember that line of the rod and the staff? Well, I always wondered, what what is that for? The, um, the staff is for guiding and directing. And I thought, the rod, what's that for? It's to ward off the enemies. Not one of those two pieces were used for, listen, hitting the sheep. That's music to my ears because my background, we got hit all the time. Germans, European discipline, we got smacked all over the place. Hit with stuff and the discipline was not good. No room for that. But that's my upbringing. That's why those two items make more sense to me now. (coughs) Because it has to do with the tender compassion of our Heavenly Father. Bathsheba. Bathsheba played a major role. King David responded, call Bathsheba. So she came back in and stood before the king and the king repeated his vow. As surely as the Lord lives who has rescued me from every danger and we know enough stories about David uh, that he has, your son Solomon will be next king and will sit on my throne this very day just as I have vowed to you before the Lord, the God of Israel. Do you remember last week when we talked about David and Goliath? the first giant that David took out with a sling. And then there was another giant, a relative, that David could not kill. And it took his hot-headed nephew, Abishai, to come and, and slay that giant. God did deliver from every danger. He did protect. He had a purpose. Bathsheba played a big role. By the way, another neat point of interest here. Bathsheba was one of only five women listed in the ancestry of Jesus Christ in Matthew. There's only five women listed there. She's one of them. And yet, it all started by sleeping around. Something that we don't encourage. And yet, God somehow turned the dark threads of this story and turned into a beautiful tapestry of beauty, bringing forth the son of God through this lineage. That's absolutely incredible. You, you gotta be shocked at the irony of it all. All right, let's go back. One of the earlier stories: mother of Aaron, Moses, and Miriam, Jacob, uh, uh, Jacobbed. Jo- 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 um, she is probably one of the least talked about moms one of the probably the greatest heroes of motherhood she had so much going on in her life um she set her baby moses adrift into the nile river because there was going to be a there was a, a, a death uh sentence on every new child every boy that was being born because the place was they were like breeding like rabbits That's basically what was happening. And and the Egyptians were getting really scared. Oh, no, they're going to take over us if we let them continue. They're going to way outnumber us. That's how many Israelites there were. And she put her little boy in the river. Her little boy was then found by Pharaoh's daughter. And Jochebed had um, uh, Moses' sister by the river watching to make sure their little baby was fine. And when the baby was found... The sister said to the, to the, to the um, uh, Pharaoh's daughter, Hey, want me to find somebody to help nurse and care for your child? That's a great idea. Boom, guess who she gets? Mom, what are the chances? <laughs> so either way, here Jechebed gets to take care of her own child and raise it. God uses this child, Moses, to free the Hebrew people from 400 years of slavery. 400. What if your prayer won't be answered in this generation? That's a tough one. She also gave birth to Aaron, who ended up being the high priest of Israel. But when she could hide him no longer, she got up a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch, and she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the banks of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen. And later, so the girl went and got the baby's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this baby and nurse him for me, and I will pay you. She gets paid for taking care of her kid. See, this is where childcare started. Government-funded child care started in Egypt. All right, anyway, enough of that. Hannah, another great story. What do we know about her life? She was the mother of Samuel the prophet, and guess what? She too was barren. Couldn't have a child? People in ancient Israel believed that a large family was a blessing from God. Infertility, therefore, was a source of humiliation and shame. To make matters worse, her husband's other wife not only bore children, but taunted Hannah mercilessly. This is getting nasty. Hannah was praying at the temple one day. So intently, her lips were moving. And Eli, the priest, saw her and accused her of... Get this, being drunk. How would you like your priest, your pastor, to accuse you of being drunk? Now, I have seen some cuckoo-ness in church that you really wonder sometimes. But here he's wondering, are you drunk? And here's what she says. She says, I'm pouring out my soul to the Lord. And so touched by her pain, Eli answered, go in peace. And may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked Him. He didn't even ask what the prayer was. She wanted a child. After Hannah and her husband returned from that temple to their home, they slept together and Scripture says, the Lord remembered her. He did not forget her prayer. Your prayers are not forgotten. God hears you. As Especially when you're in the pain. And wait a minute. I don't even know how to pray. So what? He hears the heart cry. He hears the pain. He is not absent from you. Whatever cry you have, he hears you. And he remembered. And she became pregnant, had a son, and named him Samuel. Which means God hears. That's pretty cool. But Hannah made a promise. Dear God, give me a son. And if you give me one, I'll give him back to you. No kidding. And when the time was right, she brought Samuel back to the temple and offered him to Eli to be trained as a priest into the the whole system of what was going on there. God blessed Hannah further for honoring her pledge to him, and she bore three more sons and two daughters. Samuel grew up, listen to this, this is the kid, and here's, here's what he did. Samuel grew up to become the last of Israel's judges, its first prophet and counselor to its first two kings, Saul and David. This guy played a major role through all the, two, the kings of Saul and David. In fact, after David had Uri killed in the front line, Samuel was told by God. That's got to be freaky, Okay. Because now he comes and speaks to David. To so, David, let me tell you this story. And David hears a story. He goes, that's terrible. That guy should be killed. That's you, O oh king. Whoa, crap. And he repents right away. He says, okay, I have done wrong. He immediately humbled himself. Now, back up a minute. The first king, what was his problem? Pride. He never admitted what he did wrong. Samuel went to him too and confronted him. What you did was wrong. And Saul tried to speak it away to, no, it was all this, and he kind of backtracked. He never owned it. David owned it. Heart and tenderness. Hmm. There's a lesson to be learned there. Her son Samuel is listed in the book of Hebrews in the Hall of Fame again. And she said to him, Pardon me, my Lord, as surely as you live. I am the woman who stood here beside you praying to the Lord. I prayed for this child, and the Lord has granted me what I asked of him. So now I give him to the Lord. For his whole life he will be given over to the Lord, and he worshiped the Lord there. Hmm. What can we learn from that? God has a plan in all of our stories. The good, the bad, the ugly. The distorted, the mistakes, he works through it. Don't forget, you are not a mistake. You may have made mistakes, and there are consequences to those. We've, there's enough stories. That, in fact, that's the beauty of the honesty of the Bible. They don't try to make everybody look all pretty and perfect, and the, you know, the, they lived happily ever after stuff. No. They lived with consequences, Sin has a consequence. There's a price to pay for it. Sin will punish. maybe even for the rest of your life, who knows? But God loves you. He doesn't hold that against you. You may need to walk up that consequence, but He's not abandoned you. He's for you. He's not shaming you. He's lifting you up, reminding you, you're forgiven, you're clean, you're poor, pure. These are good things. If we're going to be talking about mothers, we've definitely got to cover Jesus' mother. She's kind of important. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and will name him Jesus. He will be... Very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. There, all the way back to that. And he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. And Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. We talked about her last week, so we'll keep her story short. Here's a mother who endured shame. Because who's going to believe she never slept with anybody? Really? Really? Who? Nobody. Even Joseph. Obviously, he knows he didn't. And yet, it took an angel who told her, and it took an angel to tell Joseph. Sometimes all the buzzing voices all around you, you've got to stop listening to them. And listen to the Spirit of truth speaking to you. Sometimes the voice will beckon you to believe. Other times the voice will confirm of his residence in you. How are you going to respond? Lastly, Elizabeth, mother of John the Baptist, and she too was barren. No kid. This is a kind of funny story because uh, her husband was in the, uh, um, Zechariah was in the uh, temple, and an angel showed up. Freaked him out right in the holiest of holies. And he argues. <laughs> Who does that? I think I'd be like... Ah. I could hear the angel say, breathe, okay, breathe. You know, and instead of, you know, fear not. <laughs> okay, I have a funny warped memory. He stands there. The angel tells him, you're going you're, you're to have a son. Because he chose to argue and not believe... God took his voice from him until the time of his son's birth. Elizabeth is enjoying this, and here's what happens. But the angel said to him, don't be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. Many will rejoice. And here, when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, she was already pregnant this time, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. This is all about the prophecies. The Old Testament saying, you're going to have a forerunner who's going to go ahead. Well, Mary's related to Elizabeth. And when she went to talk to Elizabeth, here Elizabeth has a miracle happen. Who else is going to possibly believe Mary? Someone else who's had a miracle. All right? Do you see see how God built in this protection to help affirm? Guys, we're not alone. God will bring people to you if he hasn't already. Listen to those people who are speaking into your life. There's good advice there to be received. Even with your questions about who you think God is. Listen to him. He's going to confirm what's true or not. And even you may want to believe but aren't sure, perfect. Say, God, you know, we're going to have to work on this a little bit. Not quite there. Totally fine. He's not in a rush. Remember? Remember? Your Heavenly Father loves you has a plan for you. And if you can't receive that he loves you, then know that he actually likes you. He really likes you. He wants to be involved in your life. He wants you to experience his love. He doesn't have a to-do list for all the stuff he wants you to do. You're going to do stuff. But he only wants you to know you're loved, believe you're loved, and watch your life be transformed by that love. That's the good news of why Jesus came. That's it for now. Let's bow our heads and we're in word of prayer. Heavenly Father?